0: Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. Passick sends it straight ahead. Barkov has room. Cruises in. Barkov makes an movie. Scores. Here are your hosts, Jamison Olive and Doug Plagans. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers, episode number forty-five. As we continue along here into the new calendar year, twenty nineteen, and we welcome you aboard. Whether it's your first time tuning into Territory Talk or your forty-fifth time, thanks very much for making Territory Talk a part of your week. And we've got a lot to discuss here. It's kind of our midway point episode. We'll get to some of our midway point thoughts here in just a few moments. But uh, Doug Plagans here alongside Jameson Olive, as always, and we've got a World Junior recap to get to and a Panthers prospect who is the proud owner now of a gold medal from that tournament. And the Panthers had a few prospects who had some really good showings in that tournament, Jameson.
1: Yeah, like, like I said before, going to this tournament is uh, the most excited I've ever been for you know a Panthers showing out a World Juniors Championship. Uh, they had three guys all playing top line roles. You had Alexi Heponiemi in Finland. You had uh, Owen Tippin in Canada and Grigori Denisenko uh, for Russia. And like I said, uh, Alexi Heponiemi coming home with the, go- the gold medal. Finland, you know, uh, had a rough start to the tournament but they just came on late. Uh, you know, it's a great program coming up. Obviously, when you have already young guys in the league uh, like you know Barkov, Olimata, uh, Sebastianaho, these are it, it, it's a country on the rise as a whole. But uh, just in terms of their junior product, it seems like every year now they have these teams and these guys, and they're becoming a force for such a small nation, and it's great to see. But uh, so Emmy had a great tournament. And he was tied with Grigory Denisenko for the most points in the tournament, nine points. Uh, so to have you know see all over the news, read on the internet, you know you know blah 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 happened at the World Juniors. Uh, these two Panthers prospects tie for the tournament scoring lead. It was just great to see that. And uh, Owen Tippett also had himself a good tournament for Canada, one of Canada's best players, got a lot of praise. Unfortunately, they were bounced early, no medal for him, so he didn't have a chance to, you know, keep up the points with those guys simply because he wasn't playing as many games, but all three guys, huge tournaments, and uh, going in, I was talking to, you know, Panthers director of uh, amateur scouting, Jason Bukla, he said, you know, uh, obviously we know Tippett will be here sooner rather than later. He's already played with this team before. He, he's uh, the older guy out of the three, but both Heppaniemi and Dennis well. he said, two guys probably here sooner rather than later, so great to see those guys performing and just, you know, the not only just the points they're putting up, but the way they're putting, the, putting them up. Uh, these are two dynamic guys, two guys that, you know, have more of the playmaker, Dennis more of the goal scorer. Both of them just do such incredible things with the puck on their stick.
0: And it is a tournament, and we talked to Brian McCabe about this on an episode of Territory Talk not long ago, but that tournament can do so much for a young player's development. And you talk about three Panthers prospects that were playing important roles for their teams, taking on a lot of responsibility you know, under a microscope on a, on a big stage, that's a true best on best tournament for the age group. And to see, to see these guys all make an impact like they did, it says a lot and it's going to give these players a ton of confidence and a lot to build on. And you see so often the, the players that, uh, that have big showings in that tournament, they they're able to, to take that and, and, uh, and, you know, carry that success into, into big things as they continue their career. So certainly great for their development to be able to go out there and have good showings in that. Tournament. And
1: the greatest thing I think is, you know, all three guys already known to, you know, the, Panthers fans, because all three guys, hot pick or uh, high picks, uh, two first rounders and a second rounder. Um, but now it seems like just around the league, everyone's talking about, you know, the Panthers pipeline and these guys and the next men up. Because let's not forget, I mean, you have guys like, you know, Huberto, Trocek, Barkov, all, you know, in their early 20s. So it's crazy to think when those guys are kind of hitting their prime, you know, in their, their, their mid to late 20s, these guys will be, you know, the young guys on the team. They'll be kind of supplementing that next push. And uh, I think that's when you'll kind of get the ultimate version of the Panthers. And I'm just really excited about it. And uh, agree- great
0: World Junior showing for, for all three players and big congratulations to Alexei Heponiemi for uh, for having that gold medal now as part of Team Finland. A great tournament for them and Grigory Denisenko taking home a, a bronze from the tournament. So again, great showings across the board for uh, for three Panthers prospects in the World Junior Tournament and Alexei Heponiemi was a part of the gold medal winning Team Finland. So obviously one of the important parts of the hockey season, something the whole hockey world shifts its focus to is that World Junior Tournament right around the holidays but now here we are into the new year after the after the calendar has flipped into 2019 and uh, the Panthers Forty one games in, so halfway through the the NHL schedule here for the Panthers.
1: Right, like like you said, we have talked about you know the future with the World Juniors. We all know how you know how many good prospects this team has, how bright it is down the road, but now it's you know back to reality, back to brass tacks. We're forty one games in. Panthers right now at a hockey five hundred at 17 7, and seven. And it's not where they, they expected to be at this point heading into the season. And this is a team that, you know, obviously with given how hot they were at the end of last season, the best team in the NHL in the second half, last year after the all-star break, everyone, you know, from internally to externally thought this team was gonna come in and, you know, grab a playoff spot by the horns right away and hold it the rest the throughout the whole season. But that just hasn't been the case right now. This team's, you know, doing so well in so many areas. But it seems like just these little mistakes keep piling up and keep them from this team from really going on that run that they need to do because so many teams, uh, like the Penguins, who they, 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 they lost to the other night in Pittsburgh, they were a team that had a, you know, a slow start. But then, you know, they ripped off eight wins in a row and here they are back again and, you know, firm in control of a playoff spot. And everyone's kind of been waiting for the Panthers to have that run. It's a run they've had in the past before. I mean, they've already won five in a row this year. I mean, you look back years ago; they won that, you know, historic twelve-game stretch. Last year, they won, uh, you know, eight straight at home. They've had these stretches, and they've shown they can do that. But it's just, you know, we're forty-one games in, and everyone's kind of saying, you know, where's that stretch right now? So, I mean, Doug, it's kind of when you look at, you know, the ups and downs so far, what's kind of the biggest thing that stands out to you?
0: Well, I think a, a couple of things you look at here right now, and and at the halfway point, forty-one games in. I mean, you look at the big picture, and this teams this team's overcome a lot. Whether it's travel, some very long trips this season, uh, trips that either were were long in terms of miles traveled or long in terms of time spent on the road. We've uh, we've mentioned this a couple of times. I believe it was 30 of the first 40 days of the season this team spent away from home. So they had a, a very road heavy first half of the uh, of the slate. And looking ahead, there is a, a month of February coming up this team's going to have a lot of games at home and that's going to be a real chance to make a move. So uh, for the Panthers if they can go into that month of February with an above 500 record, you have a chance to build on that. Those those wildcard spots in the eastern conference are within reach there's Mm -hmm. no doubt about that and the panthers for example still have three games left against the montreal canadians Uh, they will of course wrap up this current road trip that uh, that they're on in montreal but three more games against montreal if you're able to to take care of business in those games that could expedite the process in terms of being able to catch them so that's obviously a big key going into the second half is just the matchups head-to-head with the uh, the teams that you're going to be battling with and those three games are Montreal are going to be playoff type, type hockey games uh, no doubt about it so the Panthers spent a lot of time on the road early in the season also overcame some injuries early on and and there seems to be some light at the end of the tunnel in that department with a guy like Vincent Trocheck who is working his way back and we hope to see him sometime uh, you know within uh, you know next month sometime so um, looking at uh, at the second half of the season there there certainly is a window open a chance for this Panthers team to to make a
1: move yeah like you said Doug it just seems like it's always specifically so close. I mean, this team uh, just you know, in the midst of a. As we're recording this now, in the midst of a three-game losing streak, you win those three games, you're, you're right there. You're back in control. You're, you're you're feeling great about yourselves. And it just these little stretches. If just two or three of these little stretches in a row go well, you're right back in there. And like you said, 41 games and 41 go, 41 to go. You got to keep the faith because, like you said, we're coming home. to be a million home games. That's kind of why this team tends to always you know have that second-half surge because they play so many games at home where they are so comfortable. Where they do say play so well. Vincent Trocheck, uh, you know, return to the ice last week. Uh, that you was know, a huge morale boost from you know, from the fans to the players. Everyone's excited to see that. He's a guy you can't keep off the ice. Uh, looking at it now, Bob Bugner says you know it looks you know likely somewhere somewhere probably after this break. So maybe you know that first week of February that's where you could see him come back. So for the Panthers, that's that's a basically a trade line you know a trade deadline acquisition right there. One of the best players in the league an all star. So that's going to be a huge boost to this team both on the ice off the ice. You know emotionally uh, in terms of morale that's going to be huge to get him back. So you just got to stay afloat to then. You got you got to finish out this month pretty good. You got to finish out this road trip well, and just kind of I think the frustrating thing is looking at this team on paper through 41 games, if I just showed you uh, certain numbers, certain statistics, you look at them and say, oh, the Panthers, they look great, they must be in a playoff spot, but they are doing so well in some things, and just those little things piling up, Uh, I mean top four power play in the league right now it's you know about eight percentage points better than it's ever been in franchise history uh that, that's been huge every team that's kind of with them in that area is in a playoff spot right now uh you know they're they're one of the better offenses in the league right now they they're i think the 11th best possession team in the league right now at five on five uh there's so many things going right it's just when those little mistakes happen they tend to pile up and one stat i found that kind of really pushes towards it is at five on five uh, they've given up uh, 59 high danger goals which are goals you know in the low slot on the doorstep those really close goals which basically says you know when you know the defense does break down when when a team does get that close, uh, they tend to score and they just tend to make the Panthers pay when they make those mistakes. And you heard Aaron Eckblad talk about it last night with the struggles they had against Pittsburgh on the power play with a shorthanded goals. It just these little mistakes just tend to snowball and pile up and then, you know, wham, bam, there's a goal. And I think the other thing that to, to really keep in mind,
0: in the National Hockey League, really at any level of hockey, you look at the at the National mm-hmm. Hockey League level as far as playoff races are concerned, the Panthers certainly within striking distance of one of those wild card spots. But at this point, you know, making the making the Stanley Cup playoffs Every team has to be on a run going into the playoffs. Nobody has a playoff spot clinched 41 games into a season. Maybe so the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're 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 <laughs> uh, they're they're on fire right now. But beyond but beyond that, everybody has to has to be hot going down the stretch. Nobody coasts into the Stanley Cup playoffs. And and uh, for the Panthers, getting on a run right now. There's still 41 games to go. I've already already talked about it a lot. But the three games against Montreal are going to be huge. That's just the tip of the yeah. iceberg. But you look at uh, look at this this rest of the season. And uh, If the Panthers can can outplay, you know, three teams in that uh, in that playoff picture, they could find their find themselves right right into it because there's a right now shaping up to be a, you know a battle between uh, you know the Panthers, three other teams for those wild card spots, and you don't know what could happen in the second half of the season if uh, if a team like say the Boston Bruins were to go on a cold stretch, a cold stretch. And, and the
1: weird thing is too that the teams the Panthers really are competing for those spots. So say you, you look at the t- last two wild card spots right now, I believe it's uh, the, the Sabers and the the then the, you kind of have the Island. And them, but the Canadians, they're kind of neck and neck for the second one. Uh, and then you can even throw the Hurricanes in there. They're kind of resurgent right now. You know, most of those teams weren't expected to be where they're at right now. Those are teams that are, you know, were expected to have more rebuilding years. So it's not like the Panthers are going up against another team like themselves, a team that has all this talent that's struggling that, you know, you expect to kind of have that second half resurgence. They're going up against some teams that maybe you think, yeah, maybe they were overperforming the first half of the season. Maybe they might regress a bit. So for the Panthers, it's just kind of... To be about living up to those expectations, living up to the talent. And it's something that, you know, everyone in that room knows they have. So many of those guys in that room were on the team last year that was so good in the second half. Uh, You know, everyone's frustrated. Everyone's upset. No one's content with this start. And everyone, you know, wants to turn this around, which is, you know, that's all you can ask right now is to have that mentality, to have that attitude that, you know, you got to turn it around, but you got to turn it around. You can't turn it around. You can't look to game 50. You can't look to game 60. You got to look at game 42. You got to look right in the future, that next game in. And that's where it's got to start. And we'll talk about that road ahead. And the Panthers have an immediate opportunity. Here to to really
0: catch uh, catch fire. Here as they uh, go through the rest of this road trip and look ahead to that next home game. The Panthers, by the way, are back home on Friday, January 18th against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So a big Atlantic Division matchup at the BB&T Center. There, nine five four eight three five Buck Panthers.com, Ticketmaster.com. As always, get your tickets. And again, we'll talk about that road ahead coming up here shortly. But Jameson and I want to get into some of our uh, midseason awards Super as we limits. look. Yes, as we look at uh, look at this Panthers uh, Panthers group. And we're going to hit on the uh, the most improved player the unsung player this season the surprise of the season and the MVP of the season so starting things off with uh, the most improved player
1: Jameson, where are you gonna where' are you gonna go with this one uh, there's a couple guys you could go with, obviously, but for me, it's going to have to be Jared McCann, not only for the fact that, you know, the, the personal strides he's made, but the fact that he was kind of into the fire there for a bit once uh, Vincent Trocek went out, like so many other guys were. I mean, Trocek, before he got injured, was averaging over 20 minutes a night. And then it was kind of up to, you know, the team as a whole to kind of fill those minutes and fill that void. And uh, I think he's done a great job. I mean, you look at it, he's got 17 points right now. He's on pace to surpass, you know, his career high. And uh, to me, it's just that he, he approaches every game looking to get better. And just talking to him, the biggest area you can see that in that. In is in the faceoff dot where he's around, you know, I believe 46% this year. Last season, around 38%. That's an eight point, you know, uptick there at a, for a 22 year old to focus on that part of your game and make that strong commitment. And I think he's a guy, like I said, 22 years old, only one year old in Henrik Borgstrom, who we consider so young, but he, amazingly, he's ever has over 200 games of, of NHL experience under his belt already. He's a guy that uh, is only going to continue to get better and a guy that I think could be the perfect 3C for this team, not only this season, but, you know, down the road. And he's a guy that, um, like I said, he, he is the most improved player in my mind not only because you know on paper uh, he is one of the guys but because he's really you know had that mindset to come into the season and be a player that makes those improvements and the guy I'm going to
0: go with Bogdan Kiselevich, and this is a guy who's 28 year old veteran nine years of pro hockey coming in so this is a guy that you know he he knows what it takes to to be a professional and he he brings it every night and and you know coming in to a smaller ice surface, playing in North America, there's definitely a learning process, even for a guy who's got nine years of pro hockey overseas under his belt. There's a there's a learning process there, but uh, you know, coming in, I think even in training camp, Jamison, and I know you had a chance to really sit down and talk to him uh, at length shortly after mm-hmm. after he came over here. But I think we saw it right away that this is a guy who's just uh, he's dedicated, he's prepared. I mean, this is a, he's a gamer, and and you see that every night, and uh, and you see as the season goes on, he's you know, just getting more and more acclimated to the to the smaller ice surface out there. The game is a little bit different uh, over here than what he played. You know, nine years of over over in the KHL, and you saw that a little bit last season, beginning of the year, of getting Dadanov got his got his feet under him as he got reacclimated to the uh, to the North American style, and you saw his game really take off. And and Bogdan Kiselevich, I think you could see uh, you know some of the same from his position being a, a good, hard nosed defensive defenseman. I think you're going to see uh, you know as the season goes on that that comfort level that he's already established
1: get to be even more so and you can't even forget I mean this is a guy that spent the first you know was like first half of the season in a cage because he broke his jaw so early on uh, this yep. season in the preseason so this is a guy that's already had to overcome adversity as well and he took it in stride and uh, like you said he he comes to the work every day as a true pro and uh, for a guy that's already been playing pro hockey so long it seems like he's a rookie he's just he's loving every day in the NHL and uh, he plays with no fear which I think you got to have as a defenseman and uh, Bob Booner joked you know early on the season that you know he thinks one of the reasons behind that is he doesn't know ha- half the people on the other end of the ice every night because because, you know, you just not used to seeing all these NHL names and players. And you saw that the night in Pittsburgh when the Panthers were down, he got right in Sidney Crosby's face and they both took, you know, a roughing minor and were in the box. But to, to come at Sid the kid like that as Bogdan Kisilevich in your first NHL season was great to see. And he's a guy, like you said, coming in on a one-year deal, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, down the road, this is a guy that becomes a part of the uh, you know, the Panthers future and the Panthers, Panthers future plans. And
0: uh, and again, just a guy you've seen that that uh, comfort level at the, North American, at the uh, North American style just continue to improve. As far as uh, the unsung player, You and I have the the same guy in mind for this one. And and so I'm going to start it off just – I've been saying – since the off season through this entire season, I'll say it right now. I don't think Evgeny Dadnov gets talked about enough. Uh, you know, across the hockey world, he does everything out there. I mean, he can he can play with anybody. He can uh, you know he can be in any situation. He's going to find ways to get his chances. He'll go in the corners against guys uh, that have you know more size than him. He's going to come out with the puck more often than not. He just does it all out there. He's so he's got such a, a great awareness, especially in the offensive end, to to get him self in position to get scoring chances. And, you know, we I know we talk about Vincent Trocek's motor a lot. Evgeny Dadnov has the same kind of motor. The guy's feet just never stop moving and it, he's a joy to watch.
1: I think the problem too is uh, everyone likes to talk about it's just so popular to talk about how you know underrated Alexander Barkov is to the point where I think you'll agree with me now that he's not underrated. He's, he's known at least internally throughout the league as one of the best, you know, two-way centers in the league if not just one of the best centers in the league. Um, so because of that, because Barkov gets so much of the underrated focus, I think Dadnov's overlooked and uh, it's crazy when you look at the numbers too. 17 goals this season. I mean, dating back to last season, his first season coming back with the Panthers, he leads this team's in goal, leads the team in goals overall. So all he does, like he says, get out there, you know, throws the body, plays intense, hard shifts, and scores goals. And uh, for the Panthers, for you know a top six winger, I don't think you could ask for much more than that. And he's a guy that you know I know we're happy to have, and I think pretty much you know 30 other teams in the National Hockey League would also like to have. So for Evgeny Dadinov, uh, I know he doesn't get all the national attention he deserves, but right here on Territory Talk, we're happy to give it to him. Oh, he's. Uh- uh, like you said, he's, he's just a joy to watch. And uh, and uh, I'll
0: say it, uh, you know, I've said it all season long. I'll keep saying it. I think uh, I think we definitely need to continue giving Evgeny Dadunov, you know, uh, a, a lot of praise. He just does his job out there and does a great job of it. And
1: possibly also some under uh, underappreciated leadership qualities. Yeah. We, had, we had Jay Sauerlock on the podcast last week saying that, you know, one of his first uh, couple days in the locker room he getting called up, Evgeny Dadunov was the one that, you know, walked over him to him and you know t- started talking about the Ukraine and kind of, you know, welcomed in, him into the room. That was so, a great story. It was a great story. So he's just one of those guys that also obviously— Obviously, you know, coming up from Russia, he's, he's a quieter guy. But that's just on the outside. For all we know, inside the room, he's you know uh, one of the glue guys.
0: And if you haven't caught that Jace Hower Luck episode of Territory Talk, you can get it on all the archives: iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Spotify. The old episodes are all there. Go check out that Jace Hower Luck episode, and that's a good segue into our uh, surprise of uh, of the season so far. And I'm going to keep it locked on Jace Hower Luck right there because this is a guy who came in, made his National Hockey League debut here in the in the last month, and uh, you know, a guy comes in makes his debut, but he... (laughs) He came in, he didn't just, uh, you know, dip his toe in the water. He, he dove right in, and I've been been saying this on the broadcast quite a bit, but the thing that stands out with Jace Howerluck, and he's gotten more and more responsibilities as he's, you know, really been able to get a feel for the NHL game. He had that big game in Chicago where he scored his first two goals in the league. But the thing with Jace Howerluck is uh, you talk about a guy with a motor. He's Every time he comes over the boards, he's going to let the other team know he's out there, whether it's through throwing a hit, getting a scoring chance, just getting in somebody's face he's he's gonna let you know he's there and uh, and you have to you have to love that quality in a guy
1: who is so early on in his uh, in his time in the national hockey league and, and one of the things about him too is it, you look at a guy like Henrik borsham Henrik borsham you know former first round pick we saw him a bit last year we saw what he did at denver he's just been told and you know presented to us for so long is this guy's gonna come up and be great whereas jace you know was like that early on second round pick a lot of hype but then you know he had those injuries he had to spend that time in the minors went to the the Coast League for you know a hot minute there, and you, you kind of forgot him about a, forgot about him a little bit. So for him to come up and kind of take all those frustrations, take all those hardships, and turn it into, I think you know being one of the better players during this past stretch here in terms of just what he brings to every shift every night, uh, is just incredible. And he's you now he's like you said, great guy to talk to, and we're both really happy for him. But if I had to pick my surprise, not a player, just more. I mentioned earlier in the show the Panthers power play. Uh, it's it's just been insane this year. We don't. I mean, we talk about it. We do give you the numbers. We tell you how great it is. But it, it just still, I don't think, does adjust it. So it's just given it for the fact that you look around the league and to know that so many other teams in the league. You know, the Panthers right there, fourth best in the league. That's just insane. They were third best for a while. I mean, for the past two months, they've been hovering around the first, the, the, the top unit in the league. Uh, they're around 27% right now. That's, you know, like I said before, that's around seven points better than the their all time great record in franchise history. So they're not just good right now in the power play. They're historically good. And uh, it's not just the top unit. Obviously, as great as that top unit is when you have a guy like Mike, Mike Hoffman, who I think is you know, brought so much to this power play, not only because obviously with his 20 goals and his 10 power play goals, he, he draws so much attention. There, but he also just takes the pressure off the other guys. He's the reason that, you know, Dadanov, you know, Barkov, Huberto, Yandel, they're getting more goals in the power play now because you have to respect Hoffman so much. So I think that really did help it out uh, a lot. And, you know, Yandel quarterbacking, an all star up there, uh, 22 power play points, one of the top guys in the league, already well past where he was last season in that area. And we're, like you said, we're only at the halfway mark. So a lot of different pieces coming together to make that power play happen on the top unit. And then on the second unit, it seems like it's someone new every night. Obviously, Ekblad has all those goals, but, you know, Borgstrom's had one. Uh, you know, Bukes that when he was healthy, he was up there. Canners had some time there, Frank Vetrano. It seems like that's more, you know, you pick a different night, you find a different hero on that unit, but it still gets it done. So for the Panthers, I think, you know, in order to win this league, you have to have a good power play. Like we said, it's one of the things that's going really well right now for this team, and it, once everything else catches up, and if you still have that power play, I think you'll be just that much more dangerous of a team. So that takes us to the uh, one remaining
0: category, our MVP of the, the least first difficult half category. of the season. And uh, and again, I think, uh, I think you, you just look right to Number 16, the the guy with the C on his jersey here for this one, Alexander Barkov, and and you touched on it a little bit ago. He always kind of had the uh, you know most underrated player uh, label that that followed him around quite a bit. But I think going into this season, especially after you know he you know he he assumed the the captain role and and things like that, I think that the hockey world really took notice. And through this season, the offensive numbers have been right around a point a game. The defensive numbers have been all world mm-hmm. when you look at the the combination of everything in terms of, um, you know, the number of takeaways, not taking penalties, playing every situation in more minutes than any other forward in the league, and his face-off numbers have been, uh, you know, steadily climbing through each passing season that he's that he's been in the league. Alexander Barkov is, uh, again, it's, it's almost, it's easy to forget how young he still is and how he really is just scratching the surface in terms of his overall ability, but uh, there's no question that the Alexander Barkov, he's a franchise cornerstone here for the Panthers. He'd be a franchise cornerstone on any other team in the league.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look around, I think the all, him getting the all-star nod uh, really helped him kind of gain some national attention last season, kind of brought him to the forefront, maybe helped ditch that underrated label a bit. I mean, I know when I was there, uh, if you read the stories, I I went to every single pod and asked every single other NHL all-star if Barkov was underrated. And 90% said, no, I go up against that guy throughout the year. I know how good he is. He's insane. So I think now the media's finally caught on after hearing that. And uh, you see it in, in the press too you see you know on the major outlets you know espn tsn Sportsnet. and i mean uh, you know even you know, last year year before two three years ago his first couple of seasons in the league they would always be like you'll never guess this hidden gem down in south florida and they always used to start like that like oh, oh you you crosby you know mcdavid but have you heard of barkov and now it's kind of just like this is barkov's great season look at these numbers now the radius. stories are now, look, yeah. look at these figures can you even believe this is actually they've, t- happening? They, they've, they've, they've taken out the you'll be surprised lead yeah. with just like look how good this kid is and uh, you mentioned it there a little bit i mean I mean, we, we talk about the defensive numbers. Uh, last year, he finally kind of got some Selkie love. He, he finished fourth. But, was, you know, yeah, after him, the, the votes kind of fell off. So a, a cliff. So clearly he's just a part of that core four and out guys that you know are in that running. And if you look at the early season numbers, he should be right up there again. His faceoff numbers are great. Uh, you look at um, the, we, we talk about it all the time. The, the amount of penalties drawn le- leads the league in penalties drawn has only committed one himself. So that's a little bit Selkie, a little bit Lady Bing. Game um, number 34. He yeah, was whistled for a holding 34. minor. That was the that the was how long it took. Day. That
0: was how long it took for for a guy who plays that many minutes that many defensive minutes against top players. That's how long it took for him to finally have to serve some time in the penalty box. Game number 34 at Little Caesars Arena in Detroit on a Saturday afternoon.
1: And like like you said, he leads all NHL forwards in minutes. Uh, He plays more than most defensemen every night. He's just insane. He's a workhorse. And uh, it just so happens that the the offensive numbers are too, like you said, almost a point per game guy. Uh, Another goal last night in Pittsburgh. So he does everything. He wears the C on his uh, his chest as well. We can't underestimate the leadership. Uh, We know right now, you know, when things are Going tough, Barkov's still out there every night giving 110. All the guys are looking at him and saying, "We need to match that. We need to get out there and do that." Because, like I said, everyone wants to turn this around. And you know, if you are going to do that, it starts with Barkov. He, he, he's the he's the guy that everyone gets in line and follows. And the Panthers at 500 right now at the halfway point
0: of the schedule, and that. Leads us on to our road ahead. And at the time of uh, this recording, we're in a a hotel room here in Edmonton. The Panthers gearing up for game two of this five-game road trip. And we've talked about this a couple of times. It's the Western Canada trip on paper. We're in Western Canada right now, but it was the Western Pennsylvania, Western Canada, Western Quebec trip kind of just a North American trip if you get right <laughs> down to it. But uh, the Panthers getting ready for this game against Edmonton, a back-to-back in the province of Alberta, chance to rebound from the loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins that started off this road trip. So the Panthers sitting at 500, but they have a, a lot of a lot of hockey coming up here in a short period of time, a chance to, to really uh, come back from that. And uh, in a back-to-back here in the province of Alberta coming up. The Panthers will go to Vancouver after that and then it's back to Montreal for uh, you know, a, a, just a, a massive Game that's going to feel like a playoff game. Back home for the 18th, Friday the 18th against Toronto, and then uh, the next night to Nashville. So over the next, it only week gets harder, it, The no matchup is easy in the National Hockey League, and all the games the Panthers have coming up mean just as much to these teams they're playing as they do to the Panthers. So you're going to be looking at some uh, some really competitive hockey games with a lot at stake. But a lot of hockey in a short period of time. You catch fire during this stretch, and and you could find yourself uh, pretty pretty darn close to a playoff spot at the end of it. In about a week and a half,
1: and this was a big trip for the Panthers last year. I mean, they three high scoring games. They beat the Canucks, they beat the Oilers, they beat the Flames. It was one of their better trips last season. Uh, right now, two of those teams not in a playoff spot. The Flames, obviously, you know, the toast of to the, the the West right now. They're having a great season, but um, for the Panthers, just looking at everything, when you kind of look at what maybe you need to turn this around, we, we I don't think we got to it earlier, but the starts obviously that's kind of been in the news lately. It's what the team's been talking about. It happened again last night in Pittsburgh. This team's gone, you know, down one nothing in each of the last seven games. Uh, if you look at the, that even closer. You know, four times in those seven games has been in the first two minutes. So it just kind of reminds me of the beginning of the season when the Panthers were struggling so much in the second period. When I mean, that was kind of like you know the middle frame of horrors for this team. No matter what they were doing in the second period, just everything went wrong. And that's kind of what the first you know period is now for the Panthers. The first you know even just ten minutes of the first period, they're just struggling to really you know get their feet feet wet, get settled, and kind of lock into what they want to do and lock into their game plan. So. Looking at it now, the second period is one of the best periods for the Panthers. They really did turn that around. So, for the Panthers to kind of fix those starts, I mean, when when you're going into Edmonton on Thursday, just do the best you can to have the best first 20 minutes you can. I think, and I think just like the second periods, the rest will just kind of fall into place. I think you just kind of got to break the mold. You got to get out of it, and once you do, I think you'll look back and say, "How did that ever even happen?" You know, that seems like forever ago. That's behind us now. But in order to put it behind you, you got to start in Edmonton. You got to start Thursday. You got to start, uh, you know, with a big game against the Oilers. Now you mentioned
0: this these last uh, these last seven games where the where the opposite has scored the first goal, but the Panthers have been able to uh, to win three of those, picked yeah. up a point against the Columbus Blue Jackets, so really haven't lost. They don't uh, like doing that, have, but they can no, do it. And, but, they, and, but the team has, I think what it shows you, though, is the team has the, the talent. You look at the power play. Uh, you, you look at the, the scoring ability. This team has the ability to, to rebound from, you know, a, a bad stretch or a bad period or something like that, uh, you know, a bad few minutes in a game. They have the ability to respond to it in a hurry. And, and I think that game uh, not long ago Against Detroit is is the prime example of that overcoming a three goal deficit to come back and win four three in a shootout on New Year's Eve. This team at times can score at will, and that's something that uh, that we can't forget about. And that's a, a trait that this team has that's not going away. When you look at the uh, the talent that they have and and uh, the offense that they have, so as uh, as things go along here, the Panthers certainly have the talent to catch fire. They have the group to catch fire. They've they've done it before. The team, uh, you know, they really. Uh, Got battle tested late last yeah. season. They saw they saw how uh, how big those games got down the
1: stretch. That's the thing that they know how to win these games. They just have to go out and do it. They they they've done this before. They know how to win a tough game. They know how to win must win games. You just got to execute. You just got to do it at this point. And so that's what we're looking
0: at right now is back to back in the province of Alberta coming up. If you're uh, if you're listening to it here before the game against Edmonton Thursday at nine, Friday at nine uh, against Edmonton, and then Calgary respectively Sunday seven Eastern at Vancouver, and then uh, Tuesday. 730 at Montreal and as always you can follow along on Fox Sports Florida on the Panthers radio network so check your local listings there but uh, lots of ways to consume Panthers hockey and then the Panthers are back home against the Toronto Maple Leafs a tough Atlantic division matchup coming up on Friday January 18th that's going to be the front end of a back to back that'll see the Panthers after that game travel to Nashville Um, so again that's what lies ahead for that game against the Leafs 954835 puck dot ticketmaster.com to get your tickets so uh, that's uh, just kind of a, a look at the the World Juniors, the midseason superlatives, as Jameson said. The road ahead as this team sets up for what uh, what we hope is a, a very a, a very good second half of the uh, of the schedule coming up. Here as this Panthers team is looking to looking to make a run here and charge into one of those one of those wild card spots and then build from there in this uh, Eastern Conference race. So big thanks everybody for tuning in today, episode number forty five of Territory Talk. Thank you for being on board with us today and. Uh, again thanks if it's your first time listening or if it's your 45th time listening i know you're listening to the show but if you're looking for other ways to listen to the show spotify itunes google play soundcloud florida panthers.com territory talk as always florida panthers.com is your place to go for all things panthers and team information the schedule and upcoming games promotion lights anything you need to know florida is where you can go but that's it for us from here thanks for joining us on episode number 45 of territory talk for and olive I am Doug Pleggins. That'll do it from here, and we will talk to you next time.
1: Thanks for listening to Territory Talk, the official podcast of the Florida Panthers. For all your Panthers news and information, follow FLA Panthers on Twitter.